Okay, welcome back to DevCast. Today live with, in, with a live audience directly from Leedspeak here in Stockholm. Bench Salonger, as it's called in Swedish. And together I will today with some awesome guys discuss open source and if it's dead. Uh, we see. And who I, am I? I'm Dag König. I'm a, I'm a technical evangelist at Microsoft here in Sweden, and you probably hear that on my dialect. So I've been doing podcasts for several, several years, since 2005. And currently my co- de- podcast called DevCast, and I'm up about 117 or something like that episodes. It's a really fun podcast to sleep to, so I really recommend it. But before we start our session today and discuss open source, I really want to know more about you guys. Should we start with you? Sure. So my name's Adam. Uh, I'm from the UK. I live in Switzerland. Um, I spend um, a large amount of my time in open source, in fact, pretty much all the time I get, um, especially now since I work in open source as well. And uh, this is actually interrupting my coding, so can we... Uh, Sorry about that. Can we that. get on with it? Yeah. <laughs> no, it's, it's cool to be here. We're looking forward to talking about it. You, ha- you have the whole night, so. Great. To code. Bring it on. Yeah. And you? Hi, my name is Christian Hellang. Uh, I'm a work as a consultant in Norway. Uh, and I, unlike Adam, who does full-time open source, I tend to, I consume open source mm-hmm. in my work, but I contribute only on my spare time. Uh, so I contribute fairly regularly on uh, Script.js and Nancy, uh, and also Octokit, uh, and I've probably contributed to about 50 repositories in the .NET space. Wow. Do you have family? Uh, no. <laughs> oh, okay, I, I understand that. Brennan? Uh, and I'm Brendan. Uh, I work at GitHub on the ecosystem team. Uh, I particularly maintain a few open source projects. Uh, up for grabs is one that's not actually on the list, OctoKit as before. So a mixture of open source and then behind the scenes product work for GitHub as well. But with a, uh, I've been in .NET for years as well. So the open source space is uh, something I care about a lot. Mm, great, guys. Uh, Adam, you mean when you do open source full time, do you have any food on your table? Do I have food on my table? Yeah, I mean, do you get paid anyone? Uh, absolutely. absolutely. So I, I work for a particular software, which is Udi Dehan's company. And, um, yeah, it's a, it's a full-time paid job. Um, it's, it's a remote working job. So I have food in my kitchen mm. all the time. <laughs> and, okay, uh, so you don't need to be, uh, be uh, starving when you do open source then? I don't have to be what, sorry? Uh, to be starving. Absolutely not. No, Quite okay. the opposite. I, uh, yeah, keeping mm, my weight down. Mm. That's the biggest I mean, no one wants to pay for open source. I wonder where, where, the, where the money got from. So I'm very curious to know about that. But more about that later. Uh, I have in this um, presentation said, uh, should we talk about op- that open source is dead? And of course, I don't mean that open source is dead. But is the hype of open source dead? Is uh, the... The, the, the feeling that open source is a new thing and new kids on the block dead. Is open source some boring enterprise thing that Microsoft is doing right now? What do you think? Has, has, has open source changed, Brennan? 
I think it's becoming a lot more mainstream, but in terms of there's lots of companies who still don't do open source. You know, uh, Microsoft itself is doing open source, but lots of Microsoft customers aren't doing open source yet, beyond maybe consuming open source. I still think there's a lot, of, uh, a lot to go around changing the culture towards being more open source friendly and participation. Mm-hmm. What do you think, Christian? Uh, no, like, like Brandon said, it's, it's, it's definitely helping uh, the community that Microsoft's now a part of it. And like if you, if you watch the, uh, the, the Microsoft and .NET repositories, like there's a loads and loads of new users participating and getting involved with the, like from everything to, from uh, language design to yeah, sending pull requests, all kinds of stuff. So, uh, yep. And Adam? So, uh, I mean, first of all, you know, uh, open source is much bigger than Microsoft. Yeah, uh, you of know, course. Mi- Microsoft's, I hope so. <laughs> Microsoft is a, pl- is, a, is, a, is a player now in the open, the open source game, without a doubt, um, especially in the last few years. Um, so, so obviously what they're doing is fantastic, I think. I think they're, they're making great strides into open source. And I think, I think they're voting with their feet and saying that no open source is not dead. But I'm uh, thinking about, um, for example, if um, um, you, Brenda, said that uh, it's mainstream, does that mean that it's, uh, uh, is it mature now? Lots of new stuff that's coming out in terms of technologies, mm. it's expected to be open source more than here's a product, use it. They're expecting the code to go along with it. That's, I think, definitely becoming the perception, particularly in other industries as well. Node.js has been open by default. Uh, Ruby has been open by default from the beginning. And, yeah, I definitely think that that's how things are going to keep heading. I don't think it's going to magically disappear, but it's going to be expected that more things are open source. Do you think everything will be open source? No. And Why? Because there is still some value in having products built on top of open source stuff. Uh, I work on a product called GitHub Desktop, and ultimately we don't open source the desktop client, but we have open source libraries that are built on top of that stuff, and we contribute back to them as well in terms of fixes and improvements. But we still have believe that we have value in our products on top of this rather than the projects themselves. Adam, do we see any, any other things uh, regarding open source and uh, uh, the maturity level? The maturity level... Um Well, the thing is, when you look at what Microsoft are doing in open source, they're, they're open sourcing pretty much the whole of .NET. Okay, so when you talk about open source in that context, uh, in the context of .NET, what you're actually talking about is the future of .NET. You know, it's not just the open source aspect. Um, so I think, I think it has no choice but to mature um, if, if .NET is going to be a, a long-term platform. Uh, I think it's reaching it. And it has no choice to go all the way. Do you think that's a good thing that uh, .NET is open sourced? Brandon, ever? You're, you're I, a bit I, I do. Uh, <laughs> I say, what's, need to say I do. <laughs> what specifically were you thinking of when you, when you believe it's good? <laughs> Sorry? When, when we say this thing is open source, so for the longest time .NET has had reference source things published that you can yeah. go and look at. Mm. The fact that they're now doing the stuff in the open I think is very good for transparency and keeping things accountable. I come back to the, there was a bug with Ryujit, the new JIT compiler that came out and all the fixes were done in the open. Someone raised an issue, someone commented on it, the PRs were kind of done internally but ultimately it was all done on GitHub itself. Uh, Microsoft a few, a few years ago would not have entertained the thought of doing it in that way. Mm. But that's again transparency and changing how Microsoft itself builds software. I think other companies themselves will probably look at that and maybe hopefully go down that path. 
Christian, we are talking very much about Microsoft, and I really don't know if that's why I'm here and you talk about Microsoft. But how is it with the other big elephants, Oracle, uh, do, the, do the same? Open source their stuff? Oracle is Java, so... Christian, do you know? No? I'm, I'm, I'm not sure. I'm... Uh, so, uh, Apple. Uh, Apple itself is a fascinating example. Very successful company, billions and billions Google. of dollars. Uh, their open source offering is very different to Microsoft's. Yeah. They have a published site that has some libraries on there. But aside from that, they don't really care. It's, yeah, a decision on the business. They don't need to open source. They don't need to open source. Uh. Obviously, there's a value for Microsoft to do the stuff open source, whereas other companies don't necessarily see the value in it. Uh, Apple has talked about open sourcing Swift at some point in the future. Um, yeah. When we talk about maturity, uh, I'm always thinking about, or almost always thinking about, uh, uh, security. And security has always been a, a ping-pong uh, when you talk about open source. Open source is less secure, and some say open source is more secure. Uh, what are your take on that? Christian, do you have any? No, I, I think it's definitely... Uh, definitely. It'll contribute <laughs> to being more secure. Like, the, the code is in the open. I guess you can say that it's easier to find holes or vulnerabilities, but... Yeah. Okay, Brandon is very eager to talk. I have a counterpoint to this, OpenSSL. For the longest time, it's been running on X percent of the web. Uh, vulnerabilities for it have come through thick and fast in the last you know, couple of years. It's been a project that's been very successful, but it hasn't had the uh, support from large corporations for the people. I think two people were maintaining it for the longest time. That sort of investment needs to happen in open source projects to make them more secure. Uh, there's that myth about, you know, um, <coughs> excuse me, uh, many eyes make all bugs shallow. If there's no eyeballs on this code, then bugs are just going to lie there for years, ultimately, which is what happened with OpenSSL. So it's a good thing, I hope. Yeah. If it's done right. If it's done right, as Brandon said. Uh, Adam, I want to go back to you, because we talk about uh, this, uh, the change in maturity, the, the change in hype, and the change maybe in the open source community, especially when, when more enterprises start using the open source. And I want to know how... How are the open source community working with business models? Because business models is a very dull thing to say, but it's money on the table, as I said before, mm -hmm. or food on the table anyway. And um, how, has, how has that evolved? The economics of open source is a really interesting thing. Um, I read a really interesting uh, blog post recently. Uh, I can't remember the guy's name, but I'll follow up with a tweet or something. And he, he wrote about how... You know, all these millions of people are putting in all this time um, and, and, and they're not getting paid for it. So, so how, 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 is he, how is this going to work financially, monetarily? How, how can this possibly work? Well, um, I think, I think there's, a, there's a trend towards services. So the developers like putting their time into things that will be exposed as services. Um, and, and that gives their code exposure. So I think if you're going to write things like infrastructure code, no one really wants to take a closed source infrastructure package and use it. They would open source is the thing that people want to use for that. And developers like contributing that code. It gets their code out there and to be seen. They also like to produce services. And that's, that's really the future of, work of closed source. There's, there's, a, there's an enormous amount of closed source code running behind services on the web. And, and that's where it's finding its home. So I think that's where the, the economic thing uh, it, it comes from. And I think the open source is the, the complement to that. 
um, and, and, and companies that will develop infrastructure-level stuff to run those services will open-source them. It doesn't make any sense not to. Uh, a good example must be Git and GitHub. Again, yeah, yeah, Git itself is the open source uh, code, um, source code management library, and then GitHub itself is the host offering for Git repos and then collaboration tools on top. Yeah, it's about finding that niche, leveraging open source, but then building something on top that adds extra value, that pays the bills. What do you like about uh, the freemium model, that you have one free product and then one uh, more expensive product and so on? Anyone? <laughs> okay, Adam, do you have any... Um, about that? Yes, so um, that, that, that is the kind of model that Particular is operating, uh, Particular Software. So uh, we, we, we license and service bus. If you're a corporate client and you're using it for commercial purposes, you, you, you pay for a license. Uh, this is a model that clearly works. It evidently works, otherwise I wouldn't have a job. Um, so obviously I'm also a big fan of it. And uh, I, th I think the, the, the clients like the fact that it is open source, they can contribute to it. You know, it's still all out in the open, uh, even though you have to pay for a license. And, and what they're really paying for largely is the support, support yeah. and stability. Uh, that, that's the feedback we get. So we can boil down this to two business models. One is services, and one is a kind of freemium model for more boxed products and such things. Yes, okay. although, although it's still open source, whereas mm. the services can, can, be, can be closed. Mm. Okay. Uh, we should talk about uh, enterprises because in my uh, role, in my work, I meet customers every day and startups, no problem with open source. <laughs> it's a problem with closed source. Uh, but otherwise, uh, enterprises, big insurance companies and such things, they are still a bit uh, afraid about open source. What do you, think, what, what do you see there? Do you, is your product, for example, used in insurance companies and so on? Because you have a freemium model, so that's maybe easier. Uh, absolutely. Uh, our, our product is used in banks, insurance companies, healthcare, um, all these kind of um, supposedly critical uh, uh, use cases. And I don't, I, I don't see a, a level of fear there. Um, that, that's not something I've encountered. Um, I think... Maybe not for the product that we produce, but for some other some other stuff, there is still this this uh, unwillingness to uh, to use an open source library for something. Um, I think that by necessity has to change. You know, if you're now using ASP.NET or you know most of the stuff that Microsoft is, is, is pushing out there, in fact, all of it, you, you're already using open source. We uh, use open source, yeah. yeah. Exactly. So it's a, it's a difficult thing to oppose now for, for anyone doing serious business. Brennan? Uh, is it related to the classic uh, support model that comes up with these things? If something's wrong with my software, I want to pick up the phone and get someone on the other end. With the open source projects, you've got to navigate to the project site, hopefully find maybe support URL, you know, maybe you go up to raise an issue, a tracker. Like having that actual presence on the other end for closed source software that is supported in, this, the, in these ways, maybe that's still the perception behind the scenes and, and transitioning businesses. I, I, think, I think there are two sides to that coin because uh, I think in the open source world, you've got um, projects where you can get an incredibly fast turnaround. Um, and I've had it myself with Nancy, for instance. I went on to Jabber, found a bug, and 20 minutes later it was all on my Git, and I think the next day it was on NuGet. Um, that won't happen with all. Uh, would that happen with a closed source project? Mm, again, yeah. it might. It might not. Have an SLA or... If you haven't, yeah. 
question. It, well, if you haven't paid SLA, then I guess you yeah. it should have. But, yeah. if, if it's closed source, yeah. If it's a closed source SLA, yeah. But you, you also have closed source things which not necessarily have an SLA as well. So I think it's a, you can't just say it's not open sources like that, closed sources like that. I think you, have, you, have, you can have both experiences in each. Great, great. How about licenses? Is that an issue still? Uh, GPL is very polarizing in terms of licensing. Uh, the fact that if you build stuff on top of GPL, you then have to open source it as well, has bitten companies in the past. Um, TiVo, I think, was a famous one that came up. Um, but again, lot, lots of devs do want their open source code to remain open, and so they will happily choose this license. But again, it depends on what you want to get out of it when you're open sourcing code, whether you care or not. Um, but yeah, very much perception thing, and different communities put different values on that. Okay. Uh, do you guys have any problem with the, the licenses of your products? Have there been a struggle with that? Uh, yes, because ultimately, you, if you are distributing code that is open source, you do need to be aware of the license and you know, follow it. Otherwise, you are violating it, which leaves you open to um, penalty. Uh, I will do a, uh, be a bit more concrete, and I really want you honestly on this, because uh, we are talking about Microsoft is doing very much open source right now, and my thinking is, is that this always right, that these big companies that I represent should do open source? Couldn't we um, uh, hinder, for example, Nancy to be a great project because we have ASP.NET that are open sourced? What do you think about uh, me as a, or no, not me, I'm, I'm a nice guy, but Microsoft and the open source, is it always a good thing? So probably my favorite example of this is from the .NET project themselves. Uh, they open source stuff because they didn't have the experience with the non-Windows platforms, you know, Mac, OS X. Uh, co community people have jumped in to contribute stuff for those platforms. Uh, FreeBSD support came out a couple of months ago. Like, by adding the community behind them, they've been able to move at a quicker pace than they otherwise would have. And for them, they're getting a big benefit out of that by being able to target these platforms. Um, it's a complicated relationship, but ultimately, by putting themselves out there, they're getting some benefits already. Is uh, your relationship with, for example, Microsoft uh, better now than it was before? Adam? Um, yes, because I can interact with them a lot more. Uh, and that's, why it, that's because of open source or other things? It's absolutely because of open source. Okay. Yeah. And how is your interaction with Microsoft today? That was uh, the difference between uh, for a, a couple of years ago or something like that. Um, I guess... I, I guess the development, the code itself is obviously open, right? It's part of being open source. So you can see it evolving in front of your eyes. Um, now, it, open source doesn't just mean that. So open source doesn't just mean I can see the code. Open source means, and this is what Linux effectively invented with the Linux, uh, you actually do everything in the open. So you, you, you come up with new feature ideas in the open. Uh, you don't just throw it over the wall. And Microsoft are doing that now, and that, and that really changes things, because you have the ability to influence that next C-sharp feature or that next uh, .NET Framework feature. That, 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 to me, is the key difference. I know uh, several examples where, uh, especially in Microsoft repositories and uh, things they've done, that's been, they, they've gone back on it because of community feedback. So, like... Otherwise, it would have just hit you in the face when the new Big Bang release came out, and it would have bitten, bitten, bitten them uh, later. So, yes. nice. Brenna, did you like it also? 
Yeah, definitely, but like traditional .NET releases would happen. You know, you'd maybe get a beta, but ultimately, as things are going along these days, you get to follow along much more in the open. Um, yeah, seeing stuff as it comes up. Yeah. Could you, for example, see anything from your side as uh, working at GitHub or for Git that uh, that Microsoft had uh, uh, really invested in Git? Do you see that from your side that it's make a difference? Uh, so I happen to be both friends and enemies with the Visual Studio team that looks after the Git integration. So philosophies aside about how we use Git in our tools, uh, they've been great. So we collaborate on libgit2 and libgit2sharp because we get benefit out of it, they get benefit out of it, so we're pulling our resources together. Um, there was, it came up, well, it came up because initially they had to go through various sort of legal stuff on the Microsoft side, so they sent a PR that removed all the profanity from the repository. You know, that was how the relationship started, and from there we've been basically working together. Still different, differing in some ways, but ultimately coming together on the libgit2 side just to make it better on the Windows ecosystem. And now uh, almost all our documentation is on GitHub also, so we, we are really using there, GitHub. There is a lot of Microsoft stuff on GitHub <laughs> yeah, these days. Very much. Is, yeah, very much. I can't find everything, so it's really hard. And that's the next question I have. It's, uh, for me, it's rather hard to find good open source projects. Uh, and I, I see it from the outside, from a newbie. Uh, how do I find, especially JavaScript frameworks? <laughs> Is it easier to find good closed source projects? Uh, I think so, because if I can't afford it, I don't use it. Example, Photoshop. Mm -hmm. um, I think, I think when, you say, when you say it's difficult to find hard, good open source projects, uh, difficult to find good open source projects, sorry. Uh, you, you, it, it's, it's kind of analogous to the, to the, to the internet itself. No, it's like I find it hard to find good websites. Eventually, you, you'll find the channels that will give you the right websites uh, and, 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 and thus open source projects as well. You, you, you know, you're, the people you follow on Twitter, the people that you interact with, um, you, you'll find your channels. Um, I'm surprised that you say you find it hard. Uh, yeah. I, I would say I find it relatively easy. Okay, but you maybe have the right uh, sources where, that you listen to. But, but for me, uh, it's very different to find a good website and to find a good open source project because I invest time and invest my product in an open source project that maybe will be dead in, in two years or something like that. So it's, it's not as easy. But you've got the code. So the fact that it's dead in a couple of years, you'll still have the code that was working yeah, back initially, I, I, right? I really don't know if that's a good uh, to say or say, ah, oh, it's a bug, you fix it. Do you, do you want to be trendy or do you want to get stuff done? <laughs> I, I don't know how much of a truth it would be to say that I know that that closed source project will be there in X years. Mm. Okay. Mm. So you find it no problem. Do you find it problem to find the right... Or do you see that as a problem, problem to... That's too, so many projects are created and forked and so on. So it's a, it's a mess. Or? I'm not sure it's a, it's Do a we mess. Do we have to live with that? Or is, it, is it a mess that you say? Adam? I, I would not describe it as a mess. Um, I would describe it as a vast landscape that you need to learn to navigate. <laughs> Ooh. If when I had some more minutes, I should end with this note, but I will continue kicking I'd, I'd them. Like, I'd, like to, <laughs> I'd like to drop my mic, but it's attached to my head. <laughs> okay. But what, what do you think, then, are the greatest challenges for open source, uh, both as open source contributor, but also as a user of open source? Nothing? 
Sorry, can you repeat the question? <laughs> Do you think that you have that there are any great challenges today using open source and contributing to open source projects? Ch challenges to contributing? Yeah, to, to use open source. Is it what? What is it? Anything that are problematic that's not feel right. It could be better or something. So like. I'd still say contributing to open source is very intimidating. Uh, having to navigate the humans behind a project um, and essentially not mess up is terrifying for new people. Uh, I've been on both sides of things in terms of receiving pull requests and making new ones, but that's those are battle scars now. For those people who just want to get involved, it is still absolutely terrifying. I think I think that's a good point. I think the the, the, the barriers to getting involved are barriers that you put up yourself. They are not barriers that someone else puts up. Um, in the case of an individual, it's things like uh, the fear of doing things in the open, which is just something you, you, you have to learn to overcome. Um, in other cases, it can be a barrier that your company puts up. But again, it's, it, it, the company is ultimately that consumer, so they've put the barrier up themselves. I think the, the, the barrier that the community put... Well, there is no barrier. Um, the, for instance, the mechanics of contribution. I can go to the GitHub... Uh, web UI, uh, click edit, edit it, and create a pull request right there on the UI. It's, it couldn't be easier. Do you have any statistics about how many of the, 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 uh, the people that use open source contribute back? Uh, not in particular, but I'm going to guess it's fairly low. Um, yeah. there, it's still so easy to consume open source versus participating in open source because it gives you a certain sort of, you need a certain degree of skills in particular to contribute code. And there are other ways to, to contribute like documentation, support, answering questions, things like that. But everyone assumes that contributing to open source is submitting code. And of course that, that blocks out a whole bunch of people who, through whatever reasons, background, experience, they, they just, yeah, they don't feel they're up to it. So we have a couple of minutes left. So I have, um, I, I really want to know from you guys that are in the middle of open source, what, what's, what's the, the newest and the coolest projects right now that, that you, I should be a part of to be cool? I really want to be cool. <laughs> See so, my shirt. <laughs> so I've been playing around with uh, Elm, E-L-M. It's a language, let me go the verbose version, a language for doing functional reactive programming in, in the context of web application. So I'm a big fan of functional reactive programming in general, and this thing about doing web apps in this way really fascinated me, so I definitely recommend looking it up if you're uh, in that space. Christian, do you have anything that are cool right now? Well, I feel I have to plug Nancy here. Uh, <laughs> it's so, okay. <laughs> that's cool. Uh, that's an absolute awesome project, and uh, we're trying to be as welcome as we can. And uh, I think we're past over 200 contributors now. So, yeah. And Adam, what do you think is cool right now? Well, apparently uh, last year, Gartner said the end service bus is cool. <laughs> and we got an award. So we are officially cool. Okay. Um, Congratulations. A, 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 a certified cool. Yeah. Come on. Apart from that. Magic cool gradient. Apart from that, I would say, uh, well, I started looking at F sharp for the first time this week, and I've, I've been bitten by the bug. I have the bug. Uh, if you haven't looked at F sharp yet, um, do so. Great. I have two more questions. The first question is, I have many questions. That's the problem with me. I always question no answers, but I got, I got paid anyway. Uh, uh, what should we do with version numbers? They are there. Just use the same verb, baby. Use it right. <laughs> I really wonder what, uh, what Node.js thought about going from 0 
but, and to 4.0. Should we even think about the version numbers now? An open source project? It's always zero point something for 20 years, and then it's one point. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how I feel about the IOJS node going from, yeah. It's, they had to do it because IOJS was three point something, but yeah, it was a big jump for Node.js itself to go to four, uh, but they were using Semver, right, ultimately. Just, yeah, it was a big jump. So the last question to you guys is, what do you think about the future for open source? Brandon, you have to answer first. Because you if mic. you start thinking, um, you will get some corporate. No, no, no. Uh, <laughs> I think more participation, uh, getting more people involved, making it become more acceptable and more normal and more typical, I think will help with sustainability of the overall ecosystems rather than depending on the few people who do maintain projects. Um, that's where I hope we head. Christian? I think it's bright. I think uh, now that, as we've talked about, Microsoft has moved into open source, uh, and I said, as I said, more and more new people are coming in as a consequence of that. Uh, yeah, I think it's, but we definitely need more contributors, so, like, if you, no contribution is, is too small, so if you're, yeah, if you're looking to get into open source, uh, we should probably plug, uh, for the .NET space, there's a uh, web page called Up for Grabs. Uh, so if you're looking to get into grabs, open source, yeah. uh, you can go to upforgrabs.net or just search for upforgrabs. And uh, it's a list of uh, repositories that has upforgrabs issues that, that are easy for uh, newbies or, yeah. So. And Adam, you're last. So, so as I said earlier, I think the, 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 the future of um, open source is very much the future of something like .NET. And, and many other languages. So I think you know the, the future of our languages and platforms is open source itself. Um, so I think in, in terms of that, it's it's incredibly strong. And I'd also like to echo about breaking down the barriers uh, for personal contribution. And I spent most of my time in large corporates, and they need to break down their barriers too. Thank you very much, Adam, Rolf, Christian, Helang, and Brendan Forster. Give him a hand. And su subscribe to my podcast at, called DevCast on iTunes. Thank you very much. <laughs>